debate on whether cheerleading qualifies as a sport is ongoing. There is no doubt, however, that cheerleaders are athletes. In the Cheer Athlete Podcast, we'll dive into all things that may affect athletes who cheer. If you're interested in the sport of cheer, then this is a podcast for you. We'll talk with industry leaders and cheer enthusiasts who keep the sport of cheerleading progressing. I'm your host, Laura Turner, a.k.a. The Cheer PG, and I look forward to helping keep your your athletes healthy and safe and on the mat, ready to progress and hit zero at all times. Let's get on with the show. Welcome back to The Cheer Athlete, everyone. Today I have with me Jason Larkins um, from American Cheer and the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. I'm very excited to have you with us today. Jason's from Bakersfield, California, or lives in Bakersfield, California. And um, I'm like, I just told you, I'm a big fan girl. And I feel like such, like when I, or I talk to any of you guys, I'm like so excited. And um, I really appreciate your podcast and love listening to it. Um, so thank you very much for being here with us. Uh, can you, uh, well, welcome. <laughs> can you tell us a little bit how how um tell me a little bit about your like background as a cheer athlete and how you got to here today <laughs> yeah so first thanks for having me um always excited to come on you know a different podcast and you know I'm usually in your chair doing the interviewing and you know trying to prep for the show and everything so this morning I was just able to wake up, come on and, you know, you know, just like let it happen. You know, it's always fun to be interviewed and you need to answer the questions and all these things. So, um, so thank you for having me, but yeah. Um, and I currently live in Bakersfield, the cheer director at American cheer. So we've been, my wife and I have been at American for, this is year number eight. My wife actually grew up in the program. She started off in gymnastics and then, switched over to cheerleading and coached in the pro or was an athlete in the program for a long time and then started coaching and then coached for about five years in American decided that she needed a change of scenery and decided she wanted to move to Southern California. When she moved to Southern California, she uh, was coach. She started coaching at Pacific coast magic, which was where I was at the time. So I grew up in Marietta, California, which is about an hour North of San Diego. So I was coaching there and our boss put us on the, so I, I was there the year before she was, but I had a, a good relationship with PCM prior to that. Since I grew up in that same town, I would come home every summer and work summer camps for them every year and, or, you know, coach classes and just things like that. And yeah. So then when I graduated, I, you know, got a job at PCM. Right. And so that was my second season when she came over to PCM and yeah, our boss put us on a team together and, you know, <laughs> we coached six years together. Yeah. We coached six years together at PCM or no, we coached five years together at PCM. And then eventually we kind of knew it was time for us to move on. We, we got married. We knew it was time for us to move on from PCM. We just were looking for a change of scenery again. Right. And so the opportunity opened for us to become the I am the director. She's the manager. So technically I am her boss. Um, but yeah, the opportunity opened up for us at American, just American needed new leadership. And so we stepped into that role and took over as, you know, the manager and director, you know, the, the leaders of American cheer. Right. Uh, but that was even the question you asked me was how I got into cheerleading. So let's see back uh, in the day, 
I was a sophomore. My cousin is from New Jersey and my cousin moved out to California to live with us. And we had always, always been a cheer family. My sister, she's two years younger than me, Andrea Larkin, shout out. Oh, Andrea Glass now. Um, <laughs> she grew up, you know, she did cheer her whole life. Like since before the first grade, I just remember my mom like forged her birth certificate so she could cheer for the same football team that I played for. Cause I was doing pop Warner football and, you know, she had to be, you know, however old. And so my mom had the forger birth certificate so she could put her on the team on the cheer team. And my sister was cheering for me in the first grade, which was like my first year playing football. Right. And so we'd always been a cheer family. Eventually my sister got into gymnastics cause she wanted to become a, a better tumbler to help her cheerleading. And, you know, eventually she joined all-star cheerleading and we were, you know, I was the, the brother who was attending cheer competitions all the time. My cousin ended up moving in with us. And when he moved in with us, he had taught himself how to do a round off tuck. He had just taught himself like back when he was living in New Jersey, taught himself how to do a round off tuck. And one day he did it for my mom and she's like, Oh, he actually can do, he can tumble. This is crazy. I, I never believed him when he said that and said, Hey, if I sign you up for tumbling, would you, would you join? And he's like, well, I'll only do it if my cousin does it with me. And I'm like, oh, man, like, <laughs> I really don't want to join, you know, Tom, that, that sounds like a gateway drug the cheerleading to me. Yeah. <laughs> and so he ended up convincing me. So we joined the, the local tumbling gym and we're taking tumbling classes there. We get OK. I, I end up getting like uh, standing handspring, round off tuck and, you know, some pretty basic things. Anyway, um, the tumbling coach at the gym was also the cheer coach at the gym. And he's like, hey, guys, we're starting a co-ed team. And shout out to Tim Pasolacqua. He's the guy who recruited me into cheerleading. And Tim was a living legend. I had no idea. And I remember the very first time I met Tim, he had cheered at the University of Kentucky. And, and he wasn't just like. And one University of Kentucky already like top notch cheerleading, but he was like one of the best of the best who had cheered at Kentucky. And I remember when I first met him, he had two of his rings on, two of his national championship rings on. And he like introduced himself and he like put his hand like with his hand over the top so I could clearly <laughs> see the rings. And I was like, dude, what are those? Right. And like, uh, he's like, yeah, you know, I cheered at Kentucky, blah, blah, our national yeah. championship rings. And I was just like, dude, that's so cool. Anyway, he said, you guys should come out to the co-ed team. We're, you know, come out to the clinic. We're going to try to have a co-ed team next year. And I'm like, man, I really don't want to do cheerleading. That is just not, I really don't want to do cheerleading. So <laughs> he's like, well, you know, there's going to be girls there and there's going to be pizza. And, you know, I'm like, oh, girls and pizza, <laughs> you know, I can't beat that. So we end up going to the clinic. We did walk up chair sits and, you know. They're like, dude, I'm stuck. This is so cool. Yeah. So we do that. And he's like, all right, guys. Practice is on Monday. You made the team. I didn't even know I was trying out. So <laughs> showed up on Monday and I I haven't stopped going to cheerleading ever since. It is addicting once you get started in the in into it. And and I think you're right, like that gateway into into cheer is pretty awesome. That's a great story. Um, I like the the ring. <laughs> The ring bling uh, calling you in. <laughs> it's very cool. Um, uh, 
I had a great question in there with the, um, so you transition, let's talk uh, American. Like the one thing I, I was looking with American tier, that's in another um, facility. It looks like it's all athletes and other sports and um, which I, it's, is it American? It's another, it's American. What is the name American of the facility? American Kids Sports Center. It's, yes. Um, and I, I, I think that my sister and I were just talking this week. There's not a lot of programs out there you know there's there's a lot of organized sports but not necessarily a lot of like just general kids programs and so i love the feel of that and um and that cheerleading is included in with all the sports as well so um that's shout out to american kids for including us in in, uh in the in the sports and athletic world because i think that that's it's growing and it's just where it's supposed to be so uh wasn't really a question in there and it was a great journey um Today, I want to no, talk yeah, to you. American is a great, it's a great place. Yeah. So we're a multi-sport facility. We have cheer, dance, gymnastics, swim. We have Ninja Zone. We have a preschool. I mean, it is the one-stop shop. So it's a huge facility. And then, yeah, we have all these, you know, so if you bring your kid there, there's something for them to find interest in. And it, so it's super cool to be a part of that program and I don't think I like realized, you know, being on the West coast. Cause I remember watching American when I was a cheerleader and then, and then became a coach. And so you'd see him on the circuit all the time, right. Going on all these different competitions. You know, I just thought it was American cheer, like every other gym there is. And it took me a while to realize that. Like, I am not even sure when I realized it in the process of, uh, of us getting the job that, it was a multi-sport facility with, and what's cool is for those who, who are familiar with our program, we have our logo, which we call the shield, right? And I thought that was the American logo. And it turns out that's not the American logo. That's the American cheer logo. Each brand has their different, has a different logo. And I was like, oh, like the shield, that's, that's our shield. And I thought that was like so cool because there's like the American splash logo and the American kicks logo and the American dancers workshop. Right. Um, AAO, AAOG is the gymnastics side of it, but yeah, but the American shield is the cheer logo. So yeah, it's great. My daughter does, my daughter like lives there now. She's, she just turned three about a month ago. So she does swim. She's been doing swim forever and it's crazy how much like, like when she's in the water with kids her age, it's just crazy to see like, oh, like these swim lessons, even though like there was a long time when I was like, well, she can't swim, obviously. But I could tell that there was a difference between her in the water and like just other kids who just aren't in the water all the time. Right. And so, yeah, she was taking she's been taking swim for like two years now or something like that. And, you know, now she can swim across the pool. And she's super excited because it's the summer right now. But yeah, she takes swim, she takes gymnastics, she takes dance, and she's she just joined Cheer 101. So yeah, we're there. She's there more than we are now, right? <laughs> that's awesome. That and that's something I preach all the time. Like, you know, they need kids are starting so young now and they're not necessarily getting the variety of movement in because they specialize in cheer or any gymnastics or whatever. And so they're not getting the variety of movement patterns in. And so to be in a place that encourages that to you know, swim, I mean, swimming is, is a great skill. Anyways, I have a house in the lake and can like, it's important to know how to swim. But beyond that, like the skill and the the muscle control and the the joint movements, I think like 
taking that, that coordination that you learn from swimming or from gymnastics or from that. I love that you have a ninja course too. Like that all carries over into cheer and, and helps make you a better athlete all around and is better on your body as a whole because you have those different um, skill sets. So yeah, that's, exactly. I think that great. Do you, do you find that that feeds your program? up? Like, Oh yeah. It's um. so we get so many kids that are, you know, our, our cheer floor is set up right next to the pre-K course. And so all day long, there's a bunch of pre-K athletes in there doing the little obstacle courses and there's these little green walls that separate the cheer floor from the um that you know enclose the the athletes right the preschoolers and you'll always see them like when they're waiting their turn kind of perched up on that green wall just amazed by the flips and the stunts and everything they're just staring you know not paying attention to her class at all and so then we'll get you know i'll get emails or we have an interest list and we'll see you know, my daughter's in, my daughter has been taking, you know, recreational gymnastics. Now she's interested and in all she talks about is cheerleading or my, you know, yeah. my son was doing this and now they want to, you know, join cheerleading. So we give a lot of exposure because people will sign up. I heard this, um, Kevin Brubaker, um, owns, um, Charlotte all-stars. He's the guy who started cheer sport. I heard him speak at a conference once and he said that, Every cheer gym needs to start a cheer gym class, right? Gymnastics slash cheerleading class. That's what you call it, like a yeah. cheer gym class. And he said, because every mom wants their daughter to be a gymnast, but every girl wants to be a cheerleader. And he said, so gymnast, he says, gymnastics gets them in the door and then the cheerleading keeps them in the door, right? And mm -hmm. so... Yeah, we see a lot of we just get a lot of exposure to the other programs, and then kids are like, "Yeah, I want to join," or, you know, yeah, it happens all the time. Yeah. So that's great. That's that's very cool. Like, go to um, it, and the exposure that you're building, just the, the awareness that you're building as to what you do, also, I think, is really mm -hmm. cool for other parents that may be coming for a different sport in in general. Let alone the fact that if your kids, if their kids are at practice, maybe they have the ability to do other things as well. So like, you know, like you said, that's, I think building, I don't own a cheer gym and I actually don't have any experience in all-star programs, but I, I think in the growth, I mean, the exponential growth, and I think they're all very successful, you know, as they're growing, they're all very successful, successful, but having those programs as feeder programs too, I think is, mm -hmm. uh, helpful for the, as a cheer gym owner and uh just in developing athletes as well because yeah. then you, you know give stuff to your parents so um so let's talk uh, on the i heard on your podcast um a few things one that i really want to talk about is the um your your use of um journaling and mm -hmm. how you use journaling and most recent podcast, I think you talked about, you know, how coaches need to have a journal and have a written down plan. Um, but that you also on a prior podcast had talked about having your athletes journal. Can you talk about, um, how you started that, why you started that, what changes you've seen in your athletes, um, and your programs as you, as you incorporate that? Yeah. Shout out to coach Troy. Um, my former boss at Pacific coast magic. Um, so Troy was the first one 
I believe that I saw journaling. It's so it's been so we've been journaling so long. I can't remember if he was the. I'm pretty sure Troy was the first one I saw journaling, and I'm pretty sure that I can't remember if Troy got it from Debbie Love or if it was just a coincidence that they both did it. But I know that they both did it, and anyway, but but Troy did it, and Troy would go through Coach Wooden's pyramid of success with the athletes. Now. Coincidentally, when I first became a coach, I first get my job at CBU. I'm coaching the college team there. And my mom gave me this like coaching starter kit, right? Everything I needed to have to be a successful coach, right? Um, and I can't remember what's in there. But the one thing I, I specifically remember is that there was a a coach wooden book. And it was it's called um like Coach Wooden, you know, the greatest coach of all time or the greatest coach ever or something like that. And I'm reading through the book. I'd never heard of Coach Wooden before. And it's a little short book. He's not even in the book. He's not the author of the book. It's just about athletes who had been coached by him or other coaches who had been inspired by Coach. And so I'm reading through this book. And I'm like, man, this Coach Wooden guy was great. He was amazing. And I really like just was in awe of this coach. And so he had his pyramid of success and each and the pyramid is made up of these different blocks and each block had a different character trait. And he said, if you're able to accomplish all these character traits, you can be successful, right? So first word is industriousness, right? Which basically means hard work and proper planning. The next word is enthusiasm, right? Enthusiasm brushes off um, with those who you come in contact with and it's cooperation and loyalty and friendship and the pyramid just builds up. And he says, again, if you can have these character traits, then you can be successful. And so we started journaling. Oh, I found out that coach Troy loved coach Wooden as well. And we're like, man, so we, we really were able to bond over that. And he would have his kids journal and he would talk, about a word and go, Hey, we're going to talk about industriousness today. What do you think industriousness means? And the kids would, you know, most of them go, I've never heard that word again, or I've never heard that word before in my life. And so they, you know, write nothing. And then he'd read what industriousness is to them, you know, give them a story or something like that. And just, you know, how could you be more industrious or how could you, you know, how could this benefit our team or benefit your life? Right. And so I'm a young coach. I love Coach Wooden, love Coach Troy. All right, we're going to start journaling. So we started doing that, and that was our basic format for for years. It was our basic format. Every so often, I'd introduce something else, but that really was our basic format was before practice, we would journal about the particular words. So we used to journal before and after practice. And so, or not before and after, at the start of practice and at the end of practice. So we would do the word. And at the end of practice, I would basically say, write down the good, the bad, and the ugly. Give yourself a compliment from today. What's something that, you know, didn't really go that well today. And, you know, whatever you want, just write whatever. And, and coach had said, coach Troy had said, you know, you want to get the, the kids carry so much baggage with them throughout the day and they just have it with them and they're just carrying it. And it's a great way we, we let those kids 
get that out, you know, before practice starts, like give them a time to just, you know, get it out of their system before practice starts, you know? And so we started doing that. Um, I, I came across another book called with winning in mind. It was a great book and it had a journaling portion in it as well. And so this is the first time I actually probably changed the way we did journals was I came across this book. It was great. And it had a specific section on journaling and it had like these things. Where is that book? Oh, it's in my bedroom. I should go grab it. But it had, it said, you know, it, it, I love it. I read it to the kids every single year because I absolutely love it. And he goes, most of you won't journal because you're too lazy to do what it takes to win. And like, no one wants to journal. You don't want to write down your scores and you don't want to do this and all these things, but it's unacceptable to get, it's like, it's perfectly okay to get beat by someone better than you. It's not acceptable to be, get beat because you weren't willing to put in the work. Right. And journaling is part of that work. Yeah. And, and yeah, and you're right down, you give yourself a compliment. Like you write down, what did we actually do today? It's one of my favorite things I always talk about at coaches conferences. When I talk about uh, planning your practices, like as far as a journal is concerned, and it says like, be specific about what you got done at practice. There are three girls and they all go to the pool. One girl dips her feet in the water, never actually entering the water, right? Never actually swimming. The next girl just sun sunbathes, right? She just lays on the lawn chair and just, you know, catching some rays. The third girl gets in the pool and she run or she swims 20 laps. At the end of the day, when they all go to the mall later and they all catch up with their friends, when their friends go, hey, what'd you do today? All of them are going to say, I want swimming, right? And, say, and the reality is some of us are actually putting in work and some of us are just socializing, right? And so like be specific with what, what you write down. So, so, hey, what were we able to accomplish today? And then we talk about what did you learn today, which is such a cool thing because I started doing this because I'm trying to pick up golf right now. And so after my golf, it's crazy because we'll, we'll work on something and I'll have an aha moment. Oh, man, I realize if I keep my weight on my front foot right here during this part of my motion, then I actually have better connection with the ball. Right. So I write that down so I don't forget it for the next time I go golfing. And it's, it's some, it takes two. Sometimes we're writing things down or we go through practice. We have an aha moment and then we forget it by time we have practice again right and we gotta try to figure it all out again don't waste your time like write down when you have an aha moment write it down if you're still trying to figure something out man i'm really struggling with you know the speed in my back handspring then you should write that down as well i'm looking for a solution to faster back handsprings right and the more that your mind connects with it your mind's always trying to solve problems even when you're not uh consciously thinking about them so reinforcing that I'm looking for a solution too. And I, the one thing you asked was what have you seen a difference with in your athletes? That is one thing that I can, I always see it because I, you know, there's things that we call the athletes out on slow back handsprings. Hey, okay. Susie, I need you to be faster in your back handsprings. And although I don't read their journals, I know that if Susie has a brain, she's writing down, I'm looking for a solution to faster back handsprings. And I would watch these kids 
solve these problems, right? I would watch Susie's handsprings get faster, or I would watch this kid get a better grip, or I'd watch like these things. Um, and the other thing we journal is just, we have our power statement of like a vision, a goal we have in the future. And, you know, it's supposed to be first person, present tense, yeah. a goal that's slightly, a goal that's uh, attainable, but slightly out of reach. And, you know, so we have our power statement that the kids have to write down every day. Um, and we have a couple other journal, you know, I've talked forever about journaling, but I, I really can't but, talk forever about journaling. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and I think it's the reason I wanted to expand, have you come and talk about it is it's a gift to give them. Like as, as coaches, we are not only teaching cheerleading and, you know, teaching how to be an athlete, but you're, you're giving them life lessons also. And that like being able to look at what, what they've accomplished, look at what they need to work on and put it in a positive perspective and have goals to set is going to carry over into everything they do, you know, whether it be on in, in as a cheer member or later and beyond in, in life. And I, and, and then being able to reflect back on that also, you know, and, and looking to see like, okay, I'm making progress here and I am seeing growth and, and can take that change or, oh yeah, I got to remember this the next time I go, like, that's a huge gift. And I, I'm just learning. I mean, I think I journaled all the time, but it was usually like, I didn't like my mom today or, you know, like mm-hmm. something, you know, and, and so now, you know, I, I try to do a gratitude journal, um, and include things like what, you know, these are, this is my vision and this is what I, you know, trying to corral. This is what went well yesterday. This is what I need to work on. This is my plan for tomorrow. And, mm-hmm. um, it, it's, it's taken me a long time to get there to be able to kind of get that process, but it's helping me like organize everything and my thoughts and no longer just mad at my mom from when I was 15, you know? Um, but like having them start to start that, start that process now, I think will carry over into everything. And, you know, I, I would expect that they, a lot of them develop that habit so that it carries through college and beyond too. So, um, and there's a lot you can like, it's just a lot of growth you can get. And like, hopefully, hopefully that sparks them like, Hey, I need, I need answers for this. You told me I need to do this. How do I do this? <laughs> you know, or how to make yeah, that happen yeah. and start that conversation. And I, and the other benefit I think of journaling, like it does, it's, it sparks a conversation. If, even if you can't like express it initially, if you can write it down, you can think about it, maybe go home and process it and then come back and be like, I don't really understand what you're saying about this. How do we make it better? Like, yeah, which I think is really hard for, for all of it. It's hard for me still, but like for, for everybody to like be able to verbalize what their needs are and what, you know, where they're struggling and where they need help. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to start to write it and journal it carries over. Yeah, for sure. That's really one cool. thing we just started just literally last night. So we had Jeff Benson on as a guest on my podcast on an episode released a couple of weeks ago. Um, and Jeff had talked about, he was talking about leadership, how to develop leadership in your athletes and help them become better, stronger leaders. And one thing it mentioned was, well, you've got to give them the opportunity to actually lead, right? You got to give them, you got to pass them the keys and let them drive. Right. And so I mean, looking for opportunities. Okay. How can we, how can I, pass the keys on to these athletes so they can actually have the opportunity to lead. And so we've been doing our journals. And so yesterday, as I'm journaling our practice, like what we're going to get done and and everything, I was like, you know, we should have the kids 
lead journals, right? They've been here in this program forever. They know they know these words, not necessarily that they, they, they have a memory, but they understand the format of how we journal and everything. So, um, got, you know, eight kids or so and said, all right, guys, you know, after practice, hey, you're in charge of this word. 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 And you are going to run journals at the beginning of practice, right? So each kid's going to do a little, you know, little mini book report, you know, for the team and talk about how, you know, because they always hear from me and they hear the same yeah. stories from me about, you know, whatever I'm going through and how I see the word. But I think it'll be really refreshing for the athletes to hear from their peers and for those athletes to go and, you know, well, hey, this is what we need. And, you know, so really trying to develop that leadership in our athletes, um, you know, and hand them the keys. Yeah. And and and, te- and in the process, you're teaching them how that's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and without without just pushing them in the water, so to speak. Um, how did that go? Did they did they uh, respond well to it? Did they? Yeah, they're all ready. They're ready to go. I was, so, I was actually I was, they're like, <laughs> okay. They're, they're like light work, coach. Easy, coach. Come on, <laughs> yeah. So they were. I was, I was really pleased with their response. I had to do it for another two teams today. So we'll see if their response is just as eager. But yeah, but they they accepted the challenge. Do you ever get pushback? Um, I, I when I was coaching, you know, I. I don't remember who you said, you know, that um, like you got to get them to like let their stuff go at the beginning of practice. But um, we always try to have a rule when I was coaching, like just leave it at the door and try to have a few minutes to kind of let them buzz about what happened at school and then come in and like get focused. But one particular time I know they were um, there was some drama on the team and there was just a lot of chaos and fighting and people were just really angsty. And I actually I was like, all right, you're going to lay down and meditate (laughs) and I don't know if that was a right. I, I wish I had thought of journaling at the time because, like, getting people to just go quiet and let the angst go when they're just buzzing in their heads doesn't always necessarily work. But um, the and they and they push back. But it, we did have a more productive practice after, so that was good. But do you ever get pushback um, from your teammates from the, from the journaling? From the journaling. No, hey, journaling. We're talking about. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> um. They sometimes they'll talk a little bit more. You know, at PCM, Troy had those kids spread out super far. It was he always say this. It's not a group project, and <laughs> they would be spread out all on the floor, not next to anyone. Right. Social distancing, six feet apart. Right. <laughs> um, and our kids are all clumped up together, and I would make them spread out, but like the gym, you know, it's like a, just a restriction on space. So like have yeah. to have them close. So they all like journal next to each other. And so they talk to each other, um, which slightly annoys me, but, um, but I don't really get pushed back on the actual journaling. Um, you know, sometimes they aren't as productive. I mean, they're kids, so they're not always productive as I want them to be, but you know, but no actual, like I'm not journaling today. So right. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if kids just doodle in their journals and, you know, aren't really, following the prompt but you know it is what it is when you're coaching when you're coaching kids right yeah right and sometimes that doodling is something that's meaningful for them too like Mm -hmm. it's not always just words although my doodles definitely were not you wouldn't be able to interpret them (laughs) um uh so what's new what's coming up on uh let's talk cheer or in american cheer like what's coming up and what's on your docket coming up forward moving forward 
Um, man, so right now with cheer, like an American, it is just all we just wrapped up choreography. All of our elite teams have now completed choreography. Prep teams still have a little bit to go. Um, but we just got back onto our school schedule, so that is good. We had I coach senior three. And so last night was the first night we had everyone there in a long time. I was like, hey, everyone's here today. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. So that was really crazy to see everyone at practice. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, we're just moving into school schedule. So like right now it's we're in that zone where we've got to let the dust settle on the routine and make sure our skills are there before we start preparing, you know, for full outs and getting ready for the showcase. So that's that with the pod. You know, during the summer, I typically book a lot of guests and we'll have guests come in and then, and now, you know, that means the summer is coming to an end. So it's going to yeah. be back to the original format and we'll still have guests, but you know, the original format of the show, just me and B talking cheer and, you know, talking cheer, talking life and yeah. talking whatever comes to mind. I, and that's all awesome stuff. Like I think the, um, I love the A to Z uh, breakdowns and the tumbling and, yeah, you know, and all and the different guests that you've had on. But I also think when you, uh, Brittany, is that mm-hmm. uh, like when you guys talk and you talk about stuff that actual cheer moms are talking about and just you give real talk and you give some awesome advice and it's comes from a place of support. And, um, and I think, it's invaluable to people. Like, it's just like, it's great information. And I think if so, let's, let's uh, go listen to Let's Talk Cheer. If you haven't caught up yet, listen to back issues because it is a lot of great information and a lot of coaching advice as well as um, parent advice and athlete advice. So, um, and all of it blends, like you can't have a cheer athlete without all of that put together. So um, very excited. I'm going to, uh, I will, keep following and see where American heads this year. I'm, I'm uh, looking forward. I'm, I'm learning a lot about all-star cheerleading in this. So my background, I'm a high, I was a high school coach. I cheered in high school, college, and then high school coach and college coach um, and back to high school. So I never had an all-star was like really just getting on the forefront back when I um, was coaching in high school, was coaching the high school. So I'm trying to learn, learn a lot of the lingo, but trying to like, you guys are on the go all the time. Um, like, I, I don't know how you fit in journaling in your practices. And I think it's probably you structuring. I think that makes a big difference on that. And that's a big aspect of being an athlete is learning that structure and having that organization to be able to continue to do that. So my point being, thank you for doing that all. And, uh, you know, keep doing good stuff. And I'm going to follow, uh, you know, and see where you guys head up this year. Um, any anything else that um, you think is important for a cheer athlete to have, like a tip for a cheer athlete that you could give? Um, the most practical tip is you just have to be in the gym more than your two scheduled practices a week. Tim Pasqualacqua, he's the one who really taught me that. And so I cheered for Tim. This uh, this is when I'm tumbling, I think. I think I'm just tumbling at the time. And I'm only in there. You know, I do my weekly tumbling class, right? 
and I get, you know, again, we're getting skills, you know, slowly but surely, but you know. And he said, Well, if you really want to, you know, get good, like you really want to get good, you've got to be in the gym four or five times a week. And I'm like, four or five, wait, four or five times a week, right? Which is four or five times more times than I was coming, right? It wasn't like another day. It was, you know, 500% more. You've got to be putting 500% more effort than you're putting in right now. Oh, that's kind of a lot, right? It seemed crazy to me. Um, But I have noticed over the years, but so that was then. Yeah. I eventually fall in love with cheer. Just, I absolutely love it. And I cheered for Tim in college. I didn't end up cheering for him in all-star. Um, my sister was already cheering at a different gym. So my mom's like, well, if you're actually going to cheer, you're going to cheer at the same gym your sister is. So I didn't end up cheering for Tim in all-star, but I ended up cheering for him in college. And we had practiced three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then we would always find an open gym to go to like on Tuesday, Thursday. Right. And so I was in the gym at least four days a week, right? Five days a week, six. You know, I, I couldn't stop being in when that was going on is when I was truly seeing the biggest growth in myself as an athlete. Like, oh, this is what he means by you have to be in the gym four or five days a week to actually see like real results, right? Um and with the athletes at the gym, you just see the kids who are just there all the time and you see a huge difference in, in their strength and their skills and just their ability to maximize their potential. And so my biggest just practical tip is if you would like to maximize your potential, you have to be in the gym more than, you know, just your, your two practices that you have a week. So I would say, and I know everyone has different restrictions on resources as far as their financial resources and their time availability. But I think knowing what I know, your two practices a week, a tumbling class and a private really seems to be an optimal, I don't say optimal, but like you got to do that, right? Bare minimum, you have to be in a class after that, I would do a private lesson or two classes in a private lesson or two classes. Um, I know those things can get pricey and, and they, you know, really, it's hard to fill all those things into your schedule, but yeah. Team yep. private lesson class. There you go. Put the work in. Yep. Great tip. Um, so where can people reach you if they want to reach out uh, and you know, you're on Instagram. Tell us where, what's the best way to reach you and connect with you. Yeah. So we are on Instagram. Let's talk cheer podcast, Instagram. We are also on TikTok. And so on TikTok, it's Jason C. Larkins on TikTok. And so we're pretty active on those two platforms. And then you can catch the podcasts everywhere. Podcasts are found. So, you know, the main ones, Google, um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and you know, there you go. Definitely go check it out. Uh, kudos to your. I always notice your um, your enunciation with your words, and it's clear and it's crisp, and it's exactly what we teach 
and share. And I think you do a fantastic job and I can always understand you because I catch myself all the time. When I go back and do my edits for my uh, reels or whatever, I'm like, how did I come up with that word? Because that wasn't even close to what I was saying. <laughs> so, so good work on that. No, I feel like watching yourself, like having to edit, right? You're like, yeah, dude, yeah. can you just speak normal? Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're like, that would have been a perfect clip, but you yeah. mumbled 8,000 words in between. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. Thank you very much for being here, Jason. I really enjoyed talking with you and meeting you. Um, I, I look forward to listening to every episode and um, continue to continue to do good things. Like I uh, really think you're doing awesome stuff for the cheer world. So thank you very much. Well, thank you. I appreciate you inviting me on. That's uh, today's episode of The Cheer Athlete. Don't forget when in doubt, breathe it out. Take life one step at a time. And as my friend Drew Kelleher said, you are responsible for your own vibes. So go make it a great day. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Cheer Athlete. If you enjoyed it, please remember to like, share, and review. Because when you do that, it reaches more people. And if you have any comments, please leave them below. I look forward to having an ongoing discussion. To access our free guides, with it from the cheer PT. We have a healthy day, seven day cheerleading challenge and a uh, healthy fit cheer, which will help you improve your jumps and your tumbling. And then the 10 top ways to prevent cheerleading injuries along with our concussions, uh, our concussion interview series. Any of these free guides you can find available in the links below. And uh, you know, if you have any questions, please reach out. You can always reach us at www.movebetterllc.com. Have a great day, live life without deductions, and keep cheering.